Well, it's great to see you all here. Uh, kids, before you go this morning, I wanted to spend a bit of time <coughs> chatting with you, uh, because later on, with the adults, uh, we're going to be looking back at the last year and everything that's been going on in the last year. And so I wanted to do that with you guys as well, because you are very much part of our family here at City View. And so I want to look back at some of the things that you guys have been doing over the last year. You will remember that the word that we had for last year for the whole church was grow. We wanted to grow uh, individually and as a church. We wanted to grow closer to Jesus uh, this year. And so you guys certainly did grow. In fact, you grew by having a new group. Jeff and the Next Generation. Such a great pop group. It really is. <laughs> and so, uh, so the older ones amongst you uh, formed this new group. And one of the first things that you did, if you remember, you did this skit for us. Can you remember what the skit was about? Where are we? What, what was the skit about? Can you remember? Um, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> That's the right answer. Uh, <laughs> what was it about? guys 
uh, over the year. Uh, and you took part in lots of events outside of the church that we were connecting with the community around us. Oh, look, that's you uh, teaching us a, a dance there. But yeah, we, we did events, didn't we? We did the Easter egg hunts. And we did camp together. Do you remember that? Wasn't that fun? That was so much fun that he's got his t-shirt on there. How cool is that? So we took part in that. And your numbers grew as well. Look, we had an addition. And uh, so that was great. And then some of you decided to join the worship team. <laughs> last year. But there was one thing that we did uh, to illustrate that word grow. Does anyone remember what it was that we did? There was a plant. Teacher, you must know. <laughs> Five centimeters. Let's hear it. Tension's killing me. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) 
centimeters. Fantastic. But we are a good Canadian church, so you both win. <laughs> and I do have a gift for you both because you have been such great sports. But Canada Post let me down. So it's on its way. So next week, I'll give you a gift uh, for being such great sports over the year. Let's give them one more round of applause. Fabulous. Excellent. Okay, so kids, uh, can I just get you to stand up? Those of you who are going and your teachers, could you stand up? So I'm going to pray for you guys at the start of the year. Let's pray for these people. Father, I thank you. I thank you for our children who give us life, Lord, uh, in this place. And thank you for all that they have taught us and all that you have put into them this year. Father, thank you that they have grown, not just physically, but Lord, they've grown closer to you this year through our wonderful teachers. Lord, would you be with our teachers as well? Would you continue to give them joy, peace, patience, all those things that they need in order to teach our children? Be with them and go with them now, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Lelfi. That's a, a great reminder that we do have a good, good father. That's who he is, and we're loved. That's who we are. <clears throat> well, happy new year. Yeah. Happy new year. New year. It's a funny time, isn't it? New year. It's the time of new beginnings, a time when we say, this year is the year I'm going to get fit. And, of course, we all head off to the gym and January, and then I went to spin class on uh, Friday night. Could not move in spin class. There's normally four of us there. There was like 24, 34 of us there. Uh, ridiculous. It's also a time when we make ridiculous re uh, resolutions that we do well to keep in, in an hour. Someone sent me this cartoon, which I thought was great. When it came to New Year's resolutions, Gerald was a realist. <laughs> but uh, my resolution this year is the same resolution that I make every year, is to be nice to Phil, the French, and Chilliwack. <laughs> I wonder how long that will last. No, I know you did. But New Year is also a time for us to do a lot of reflecting and dreaming. Uh, I've told you this before, I'm very much a creature of habit, and uh, I have the same routine every New Year's Eve. Uh, just as the clock strikes midnight, I rush to the back door, and I open up the back door to let the old year out. And then I rush to the front door, and I open up the front door, and I let the New Year in. And I have a glass of something and I stand on my porch and I toast the new year and I wish everyone around me a happy new year. And I stand on my porch and I reflect and I dream. I reflect 
on everything that's happened over the last year. And then I dream about what possibly could happen in the year ahead. And in a way, that's what I want us to do this morning together. Not on my porch, because I don't think it would be big enough, but we'll do it here. I want to briefly look at and reflect on what God has done in and through us at City View in 2019. And then dream and wonder what he wants to do in and through us in 2020. And we'll also continue the City View New Year tradition, the revealing of the Word of the year. Towards the end of the year, I, I start praying and asking God to give us one word, just one word that He wants us to focus on uh, in the year ahead. Four years ago in 2016, the word was courage. And if you remember, we looked at the book of Joshua and how we sensed God was calling us to step out more, be vulnerable, be courageous, trust Him more. And during that year, if you remember, we began to discuss those difficult topics such as mental health, sexual addiction, uh, homosexuality. Three years ago, we turned our courage into action and our word for 2017 was purpose. It was the year of purpose. And if you remember, we walked through the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah who had the purpose of building a wall. Uh, and so 2017 was the year that we did things that God placed before us. So we run our first ever kids summer camp on our own without any outside help. We went on our first India missions trip and we started a vision process for the church as we wanted to know what our long-term purpose was and where we were heading and where God was leading us. And it was out of this vision process that our word for 2018 came. Anyone remember what that word was two years ago? Community. Yeah, well done. We surveyed and we spoke to people and we prayed together and it became obvious that we are being called uh, to be a community, a community centered around Jesus Christ. And so in that year, we learned to dance do you remember that dance we learned? The up, the in, and the out. Uh, the dance of community. The up, our intimate relationship with God. The in, the loving uh, relationship with each other. And the out, our caring relationship with the wider community around us. And so we spent a lot of that year looking at what it means to be community. Fleshing that out. And then, of course, last year, as we looked at, was the year of growth, to grow. We wanted to grow as a church and as individuals. Grow not physically, as we saw the, uh, with uh, James and Xavier, but to grow spiritually, to grow up, to mature, to move forward in our spiritual lives with him, to become more Christ-like in the way we live, in the way we trust, in the way we risk, in the way we relate and care for others. And one of the scripture verses that became a big part of last year was this in 2 Peter. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
grow in order for him to have the glory, both now and forever. And this, I just want to show you some of the ways we try to do that. I, a lot of the photos that I'm showing today have come from Steve. I want to thank Steve. I think he sent out uh, a lot of these photos to you. Uh, it's great to have a record. So thanks for, for doing that. But here's, we, um, we identified areas where we wanted to grow. And we spent our Sunday mornings looking at these. We went through the whole year looking at these. We looked at spiritual disciplines. We looked at boldness in speaking and obedience. Uh, we looked at compassion. We looked at service, thankfulness, patience. We looked at prayer. We spent a long time looking at prayer. Um, and we looked at how, towards the end of the year, we looked at how to grow as a church by doing church well when we, we were looking in First Timothy. So we did all of that. We uh, grew in faith and trust as we stepped out to see what God might have us do with our building and land. So we formed a, a team to lead us through Project Community. Exciting things are happening there, and at our AGM, we'll be able to share a little bit more with you, hopefully. By then, we have a meeting with the city this month. Exciting. So we grew in faith. Some of us grew as we tackled things outside of our comfort zone. You might remember Adrian did the sun run and uh, talked to us about that, and Andre uh, talked to us about uh, the Ride to Conquer Cancer, which he did. Um, Andre actually gave me his stats for last year. Do you want them? Uh, over the year, he spent 114 hours in the saddle. And he's sore. <laughs> he traveled 2,389 kilometers and climbed 24,411 meters. He grew. He grew. This also grew. Do you remember this? Tanya started knitting this at the start of January. And this, so this is part of our growth. We have a growing scarf. I don't know who she's going to give it to. I'm going to wear it. All righty. We grew as we uh, worked together with our friends from the afternoon church to relay the, uh, the parking lot. We remembered on Good Friday that to grow, we needed to lay our burdens on the cross. And Sherilyn grew uh, by taking the important step of baptism this year. We grew as men and women as by going away for uh, weekend retreats. We grew as some of you bought your postcards to us over the summer. We grew together in grief as we say goodbye to our dear sister and friend Heather. We grew in prayer as we held another 24-7 uh, week of prayer and we started to hold prayer and praise evenings once a month here. Uh, there are obviously many, many other ways that we've grown this year as a community, through camp, through open table, through life groups. God is good. 
and he has been good to us this year. I also asked you almost exactly one year ago today to honestly and seriously reflect on your lives at that point and think about areas of your lives where you needed to grow as followers of Jesus Christ. Did you need to grow in faith, grow in prayer, grow in courage, grow in knowledge, grow in the fruits of the Spirit, grow in compassion? Did we need to grow as a parent? Did we need to grow as a husband and a wife? And I asked you to send me a text or write it down or send me an email. I'm going to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, to, to find that to find what you sent me or what you wrote down at the beginning of 2019. One year on, how did you do? How did you do in that area? Just like James and Xavier, maybe you've had a huge growth spurt in it. Maybe it's just been small, little amounts. But my prayer is that you have grown during the year in that particular area. My, the thing that I wrote down was contentment. I wanted to grow in contentment uh, over 2019. And I, I would love to stand here and tell you I am now fully content. <laughs> but I'm not. But I do believe that I have grown in that area. And do you know how I've grown through that, in that area? It's through the tough times. It's easy to be content with life when life's going well. It's not so good and not so easy when life isn't going so well. Um, Jeff also has sent me a, a list. He writes down a list every year of the things that God has been showing him. And uh, so I, I won't share that with you uh, unless he, uh, you can ask him and he, I'm sure he'll share it with you himself. But... I just want to give you a moment here. I mean, don't, you don't need to go into any detail, but just maybe shout out areas where you've seen growth in your life, where God has grown you in your life this year. good to look back. It's good to see how God has moved in this church and in our individual lives, how by the grace of God we've grown and matured, perhaps in ways that we didn't think we would at the start of the year, and certainly not in the ways we would have imagined. But here's the thing to remember. At the end of 2019, and the beginning of 2020, our God is a dynamic God. Whether we've been conscious of it or not, he has been moving. Whether we can see it or not, he is moving. Whether we believe it or not, 
he will move in the coming year. Hang on to that. So 2019 was the year to grow, the year of growth. But what's the word for 2020? Well, it's a longer word. It's seven letters. It's a word that's been used for centuries by leaders in their stirring and visionary speeches. It's a word that democracies hang their constitutions on. It's a word that Freddie Mercury and George Michael sang about. It's a word that Yahweh spoke to his people in the Old Testament. It's a word that was uttered by Moses, Joshua, King David. It's a word written by the Apostle Paul to many of the churches in the known world. It's a word spoken many, many, many times by Jesus to his followers. It's a word that brings healing, wholeness, and joy, and a word that will allow us to live the lives we were created to live. And the word is... It's funny, isn't it? It's funny, isn't it? How? Oh, I don't know. Oh, no. It's very funny. How God can use. <laughs> oh, I've lost my thought now. How God can use a seemingly innocent moment to speak deeply into our lives. Such a moment happened a couple of months ago, early one Saturday morning. I was at the church preparing for a meeting, and Arlene was also there, what, doing what she does best, preparing food and drink for the people that were at the meeting. And I went outside for some reason. I left the front door open. And a small bird decided to fly in. As soon as it entered it obviously realized that it had made a mistake. And it frantically sought a way out. You know, we closed all the doors, kept the front door open, and we tried to coax this bird uh, through the open front door. You remember, Ali? But this bird couldn't see the front door. What it could see was the outside through the window. And so what the bird was doing in its frantic um, way to try to escape was banging up against the window. Just flying back and then banging up against the window again. And then until eventually it was so exhausted that it just sort of sat on the windowsill. It was awful. It was awful to see it. And then what happened was, Arlene, very quietly, very gently, walked up to this bird, cupped her hands around the bird, walked very quietly and very gently at the door, and it opened up. And this bird flew and flew up to one of the tallest trees, and I'm sure he looked back and gave, and gave a whistle to Arlene. 
Thank you very much. I think I've been watching too many Disney films. <laughs> the bird was trapped. He was held captive in the church lobby. He couldn't escape and he was struggling and fighting for the very thing that you and I yearn for, that all of God's creation yearns for. And that's our word for 2020. Freedom. Freedom. 2020 is the year of freedom. Freedom in your life and in my life and here in the life of this community called City View. Freedom. We dream about freedom. We rejoice in the notion of freedom. We teach, advocate, and hope for freedom. But what do we mean by freedom? You see, the freedom that is spoken of and is woven throughout the whole of Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, does not just relate to physical environments or physical restraints. It doesn't just relate to political freedom. It doesn't just relate to freedom of speech. It doesn't just relate to freedom in a financial context. The freedom that's offered by our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, goes much, much deeper. You see, in one sense, as citizens of Canada, we are free. We are free to walk into this room and worship this morning. We're free to vote for who we want to. We're free to disagree with one another. We're free to travel without restrictions. We're free to live where we want as long as you can afford it. We're free. But yet, many of us, like that bird, are trapped. We're held captive. You see, we may be free physically, but many of us still have a yearning and a desire to be free emotionally, to be free spiritually, free from pain, free from despair, free from addictions, free from unhealthy lifestyles, free from loneliness, free from guilt and shame. We want to break free, and just like that trapped bird, no matter how hard we try, we keep banging up against the windows of life. And we can't escape. We can't. We get exhausted and disillusioned and hopeless. And we feel trapped. That incident on that Saturday morning with that bird had a profound effect on me. It was at that time that I was praying through, Lord, what is it you're wanting to say to us next year? And it opened my eyes to see how many of us are seeking some sort of freedom from something or another, from certain issues, maybe freedom from burdens that are holding our lives captives. We're seeking freedom, but, but really finding but rarely finding it. But here's the good news. This is the good news for this year, and to be honest, any year. The freedom that is offered and found in Jesus Christ can give you and me true freedom. 
a freedom that speaks into our very souls of who we are. It can set us free from never feeling good enough. It can set us free from never really believing that actually we're loved or accepted by God. Free from having to meet other people's expectations. Free from striving to do more and more. Free to be who we are created to be. Free to live the life, the full life that we're called to live and that Jesus promises. That's the freedom that is offered And that's the freedom that we're called to seek in 2010. What do you need to break free from? What does freedom look like to you? Be thinking of that. Because we're going to come back to that at the end. And I want you to do something at the end. But as you're thinking, I just want to briefly share two things. That is vital for us to know as we start to focus on this freedom that is offered to us. We're going to go much, much deeper as we go through the the weeks and months. But this is just like a primer, a bit of an overview. And these two things relate to a very basic question. Where can I find this freedom? And how can I find this freedom? And I'm going to try to explain it through... Uh, a couple of scripture verses that I hope will become an integral part of this year for us. The first one is found in Galatians. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Here's the most important thing we need to know in our minds and our hearts about freedom. The freedom we crave for is not to be found in a president or a prime minister. It's not to be found in a country or a political system. It's not to be found in money, ambition, or our performance. It's not to be found in bettering our situation or our circumstances. It's to be found in having faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. Freedom, true freedom, freedom in all its aspects, comes not from anything we can do, but solely from what Christ has already done for us. You see, freedom stands actually at the very heart of the Christian gospel. The heart of the good news is not that we we have to be good people, or that we must try harder, or that our good deeds need to outweigh our bad deeds. The good news is not self-help. The good news is not come to church, keep all the rules, and try to look holy. That news won't give you any freedom. The Christian gospel is the good news that Jesus has brought us freedom. He's taken our place. He's given himself freely for us. He's rescued us. Through his death and resurrection, he's set us free, free from sin and guilt and shame, to truly know God's acceptance of us and his love for us. That's the gospel. Nothing more, nothing less. It's all to do with Jesus and what he has done for us. You 
have to know that to experience freedom. Because what happens is, just like that trapped bird, we can't do anything to gain our freedom. Because all we'll do is bang, 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 bang up against life. Jesus says, stop striving to find freedom. It's in me. It's in me. And we try, don't we try to, to do it our own way? My prayer this year is that you will know that more and more. That we'll live our lives in the full knowledge that freedom doesn't come from us, but comes solely from Jesus and what he's done for us. So how can we experience that freedom? Well, that brings us to the second essential and is to understand that true freedom can only be experienced through the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another couple of uh, verses in Rome. Uh, no, sorry, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And this one in Romans. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship and daughtership. That's what the spirit does. We experience the freedom that comes in Christ through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The more of the Holy Spirit we allow into our lives, the more freedom we will experience. That's how it works. Ultimately, what it means is this year, and I did think about this being our year, uh, this word uh, being our word for the year, surrender. Surrender. In order to experience more freedom, we need to experience more of the Holy Spirit. To experience more of the Holy Spirit, we have to surrender more of ourselves. To allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives more and more. To be led by the Spirit. To walk in step with the Spirit. Guys, let me tell you, we're not a Pentecostal church. If you've just walked in, um, we're not a Pentecostal church. But this year, and this is going to be one of my focus for this year, I want us to experience more of the Holy Spirit in this church and in our individual lives. Now, does that mean that we're going to be swinging from the, lamp, the lamps and the lights? I hope not because the ceiling will come down. <laughs> Maybe. Does that mean that we might have people decide they want to dance in church? Praise God, yes. Does that mean that we want to have more uh, words of knowledge? Does that mean we want to have more pictures and prophecies? Yes. The more we experience the Holy Spirit in our lives, the more of ourselves 
is let go. And the more freedom we'll experience. So I don't know what that looks like, but that is going to be one of my focus this, this year. I think the prayer and praise evenings that we hold here once a month in place of life groups for that one week is an important place where that will start. I really do. And so I want to see what God does for that, does with that. But one of the big reasons that we don't experience the fullness of freedom is because we don't let go. We have a fear of letting go. I remember counseling, I think I've, I've mentioned this story to you before, but forgive me if I have. Um, I was counseling a couple in, in England who uh, really wanted to uh, move out into what God had for them, and they were thinking about moving abroad and um, you know, doing a, a ministry there with their four children, and, uh, and I was praying with them, and I had a picture of um, the wife climbing a tree, and she was going for the, the juicy fruit at the top of the tree, and uh, she couldn't get there. She could get all the easy stuff down here. That was fine. But she couldn't get to the very top. And as this picture uh, has panned out, I saw that her coat was stuck on a branch of this tree. And she couldn't reach the fruit because something was holding her back. And as we talked about it, we recognized that what was holding her back was fear. Fear to let go. Fear to take the coat off, leave it behind, and get the, and get the fruit. They never did move out and experience more of the freedom that God has. They, they still live in England and their life's been great but there's part of them that is they're disillusioned and dissatisfied because they couldn't let go they couldn't let go of the coat what's holding you back from experiencing the fullness of God's freedom Earlier, I, I asked you what true freedom might look like to you. What do you want to break free from in 2020? I don't know what that is. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's the inability to forgive someone. Maybe it's anger. You want to be free from anger in your life because maybe your life's not turning out the way you wanted it to. Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe it's the consequence of an unhealthy lifestyle you can't break free from. What is it? What is that thing that you are looking to break free from this year? What does freedom look like for you this year? Can you write it down? Just as we did last year with that area of growth. Uh, you can write it on your phone. Um, 
This might be really personal to you, so you might not feel as though you want to share it, but if you do want to share it, that's my phone number. Text me with it. That one area of your life where you think, yeah, I want to be free from that. I want to be free from worry this week. I want to be free from uh, trying to control my own life this week. What is it for you? You can text me. You can email me. uh, Just write it down and keep it. And then commit yourself this year with God's help through his Holy Spirit to break free from it. Whatever that is. To move into the freedom that he offers. And and this time next year, God willing, if we're here, we'll revisit it and see. Over the next number of weeks and throughout the year, we're going to be coming back to this idea of freedom and we're going to, freedom in Christ and we're going to go a lot deeper. Uh, We're going to start by looking at the story of the Israelites uh, in Exodus, in bondage, in captivity in Egypt and how God calls this disappointed, disillusioned loser of a shepherd uh, to go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. We're going to go through that whole story and look at how that might uh, relate to us at the beginning of this year. But let me end this morning at the beginning of a new year by painting a picture for you. A picture of what it means, what our lives could look like in 2020 if we know true freedom in Christ. Being free in Christ means you don't need the approval of others. Being free in Christ means you don't need to be affirmed by others. Being free in Christ means you don't need to strive to be accepted or loved. Being free in Christ means you can just rest in the love of God as your Heavenly Father. Being free in Christ means you can love others freely and unconditionally, learning to forgive. Being free in Christ means overflowing with the love that he has for you. Being free in Christ means you can serve others without the need for affirmation or reward. Being free in Christ means you have peace that passes all understanding. You have peace despite your circumstances. Peace despite your failing health. Peace despite work difficulties. Peace despite relationship problems. Peace despite an unknown and uncertain future. That's what being free in Christ means. Being free in Christ means feeling secure and safe in his the one who's guiding you each and every day. I want to wish you a happy new year, but I also want to wish you a year of freedom. Freedom to be the person you were born to be. Freedom to live the life 
you were created to live. Seek that freedom in Christ during this week. Let's pray. Actually, I'm going to ask, would a couple of you pray? I'm losing my voice, and I, uh, just a couple of you, just pray over this church, pray over this gathering.
Father, I pray that you would pour out more of your spirit and your teaching in this coming year. And Father, I pray that we would have hearts, soft hearts to receive uh, all that you have for us in 2015. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. We bless you in Jesus' name.